الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الأبرار لفي نعيم وإن الفجار لفي جحيم صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, the days pass by so rapidly and this you hear every now and then somebody saying that time is just flying. It might have been on our tongues as well. We might have said it to somebody, time is just flying. Many of us who are in the madrasa would have now come back thinking in this manner that now is the last term, already the year is over. Because when the last term comes, then a person is already counting days. In a month's time, maybe five, six weeks' time, it will be exams. And then the year is over more or less. So everybody says similar things, the time is flying, the year is over, there's a few days left. So the year would pass, the time will pass, next year will come. Whether we will be around to see the year pass and next year come, all this we have no guarantee. And this is what we have to forever be conscious about, that what have we come to madrasa for? Have we come to pass the time? Have we come to see the time fly? Have we come to count the number of days left before the next holiday? Many people in madrasas, in schools also maybe, Wallahu alam, perhaps more in schools, and some people in madrasas, they have this habit of counting from one holiday to the next. In other words, the calculation, the focus, the enthusiasm is of the holidays. So now, one holiday is just finished. Some people sometimes already start looking at the calendar and counting the days, how many days left before the next holiday. And there are some people that when the holiday starts, They are counting how many days left for me to get back onto working, learning deen more in a focused manner. So some people's outlook is on the positive side of things on work. And other people's outlook is on non-work. How can they be that kind of life where one has to do nothing. Now this is a very dangerous mindset. It is a very destructive attitude that if a person has this outlook that when will the next holiday come? When will the next weekend be coming? When will the next free time come? And this is a person's concern, focus, What this does is, it makes a person totally 
unconcerned about trying to be productive, trying to do something for one's own akhirat, trying to be of service to others. This becomes the furthest thing from a person's mind and life. Only that is done, which is done under pressure, which is done in order to save oneself from any problem and trouble. And if one feels that one can get away without getting into trouble, then one shirks the responsibilities. Now, if that kind of system sets in at this stage in life, then that is a very, very dangerous trend that will become a part of a person's life going forward. Because these things come up from time to time, somebody then explains their own conditions, that this is how I live, I live from one holiday to the other, so therefore we are generalizing these things a little for our benefit, for our understanding, maybe there might be nobody that it applies to in the madrasa, it might be one or two people it applies to, maybe nobody, Allah Ta'ala make it such that it applies to nobody, but nevertheless this is a general lesson that we are discussing, so that we don't slip into this at any, any time, where our mindset becomes one of holidays. This is a foreign culture. One is that there is no prohibition in a person taking some break, some little uh, change of routine, in order to freshen the mind to come back onto one's work with greater enthusiasm, greater freshness of heart and mind. There is no problem with that provided that that is also within the limits of Shariat and Deen. But where that becomes the focus, living from one holiday to the next, counting how many days left, then we will find that the big disaster that takes place in such situations is, that a person even lives according to Deen, from one holiday to the next. When it comes holiday, then holiday from Deen also. And then when again it's back to return from a holiday, then we decide to return to deen. If it's holiday, then it means holiday from namaz also. And if it's not holiday from namaz, somebody has the consciousness of namaz, then maybe somebody in normal times, meaning non-holiday times, was making some extra namaz, performing some nawafil also. Now it's holiday, so nawafil are all gone. If somebody carries on with the nawafil, when it was not holiday, the person was <coughs> very conscious of making sure that tilawat is complete, the tasbihat are complete, zikr, dua is complete. So, that carries on. But come holiday, well it's holiday now. So the tilawat is holiday, the tasbihat is holiday, and other things that are part of a person's routine daily, in terms of dini practices, Suddenly is holiday from everything. That is something that should never happen. We don't live our lives for holidays. And we are not Muslims when it is not holiday. And when it is holiday we are somebody else. We are believers. We are the servants of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. We are the followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Every day of our lives. Every moment of our life. Whether we are in madrasa. Whether we are out of madrasa whether it is holiday, whether it is not holiday, we are the servants of Allah Ta'ala all the time. We are the followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam all the time. We have come to learn deen. 
and we have come to bring deen within our lives. And the deen should stay with us in our lives at all times. In madrasa, out of madrasa, whether it's holiday or not, that should make no difference. So now this is the thing that we have to develop. We have to keep reminding ourselves. We have to keep focusing on this, that we have not come here to learn for the sake of just learning something, for the sake of just passing some time. No, we have come to learn how to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. And a servant of Allah Ta'ala is a servant of Allah Ta'ala every moment of his life. So we should now develop this. We should now start building this into our hearts and minds. That I will establish these practices of deen, salah being performed on time, in fact being performed in the beginning of time, awal wad especially when it is not madrasa, etc., then it must be at every, every effort we made to perform it as soon as the time enters. And the other ma'amulat, our daily practices, our tilawat is taking place, our zikr, tasbihat are taking place, our other practices of deen are taking place regularly. So all this should be entrenched within us, deeply established within us, that come what may, whether it's a weekend, whether it's a holiday, whatever it is, these things will not get affected for anything. So then we are achieving the objective of us coming to madrasa. We have to keep refreshing this intention. If our intention is something else, then we are not going to achieve the object and the purpose. It might seem like, fine, what's the difference? What difference it makes if my intention is something else? If my intention is to pass time, so what? This time is also a ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. And when a person disregards the bounties and the favors of Allah Ta'ala, then this brings negative consequences. It is not as the repeatedly explained example, it is not as clear as a person switching on the light, or switching on that switch and the light coming on, that a person can link things up in this world. I did that good action, and this was the good return Allah Ta'ala gave in the world. It's not so obvious. I did that wrong. I misused time. I misused my eyes. I listened to some haram. I was thinking and going about in my mind with some haram. And then this became the end result of it. This negative consequences came. It's not always so directly linked and understood. But it is there. It is there. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ وَنَحْشِرُهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى Allah Ta'ala says, the one who turns their back on our remembrance, the one who turns his back on my remembrance, forgets Allah Ta'ala. So the consequences come in this world. What is in the Akhirat is a second level. In this world Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ he will have a very difficult time in this world. Now the difficulty, what does it mean? Does it mean that a person will be in a state of poverty and suffering starvation? No, no, that itself is not difficulty. That itself is a negative situation, but itself it's not difficulty in the sense like an azab. No, no. Even Nabi Wasallam suffered starvation. And he was the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala. So that itself was no is not necessarily an azab. But azab comes on the heart of a person. 
and it sometimes comes on the body of a person also. It sometimes comes in various forms. So the azab that comes on the heart, that's the first part of that azab. That no matter what the person's outward conditions are in the lap of luxury, and the heart is nevertheless still in total turmoil. And the Ahlullah you find physically sometimes in great amount of difficulty, physically. But their hearts are happy. Their hearts are content with Allah Ta'ala. So this turmoil comes in the heart. And a person is forever in this chakkar now. How can I try and entertain myself and get some kind of other uh, thing to amuse myself? And now this starts going into that cycle of haram. Because that one haram then suddenly it doesn't seem to have that kick anymore. Then the next haram, the worst thing. And a person gets sucked up into the fitna of the time. But all this is part of that consequence of that azab on the heart. Because a person turned one's back onto the commands of Allah Ta'ala, forgot Allah Ta'ala. But now this consequence came in the world. The Quran Sharif is explaining it. That ignoring the commands of Allah Ta'ala brings its consequences in the world. Though a person can't directly always see the link, but it's there. And then the second part of it is, They will be raised blind on the day of Qiyamah. That is now the second part of it. In dunya already the consequences will come. And the second part is akhirat. The person now will be bewildered. قَالَ رَبِّ لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَى وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا Ya Allah, why did you raise me blind? In the world I could see, in the world I wasn't blind. Why did I now come up on the day of Qiyamah, I'm blind? Allah Ta'ala will reply and this person will be told that in the world, when the commands of Allah Ta'ala came, you turned a blind eye to it. You turned a blind eye to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That our verses came to you. You totally forgot it, ignored it. So today you'll be ignored. So the consequences come first in this world. But the consequences of the evil come. Likewise the rewards of good comes also. But the point we are making is that we have come here to learn deen so that it becomes part of our life. Now somebody says, what's the difference? My intention is just to pass time. Or my intention is that, well, fine, my parents didn't want me to go to school or whatever, so now I had no choice, so I just came away. Then we will lose out on the object of being here. We haven't come to less, just learn 2 plus 2 is 5. We haven't come to learn that in any case. And not even that we have primarily come to learn 2 plus 2 is 4 also. That is by the way. We must have this very clear in our minds that that is by the way. And I will repeat it one more time. That we must have this very clear in our minds that learning that 2 plus 2 is 4 or learning uh, anything little deeper than that in terms of the life skills. That is by the way. We should have this very clear in our hearts and minds. That that is totally by the way. We have come here to learn how to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. What will please Allah Ta'ala. And our life is very short. How many people are gone in the prime of their youth? 
Now when a person leaves his world, anybody is going to ask him what's 2 plus 2? In the Qabr will he be, the person be asked that, uh, explain uh, how does evaporation take place? Or what is the story about photo, photosynthesis? And uh, explain something about stalactites and stalagmites? All these things won't be asked in the Qabr. And all these things won't be asked on the day of Qiyamah. That what science did you learn? And how much of maths did you know? And did you learn about uh, geometry and uh, whatever shapes they are? At that time, all these things won't be asked. So for the sake of assisting a person in day-to-day life in order to conduct whatever the necessities of life are, these things are done, but that is not the object of life. That is a by-the-way thing. The object of life is to become the true servant of Allah Ta'ala so that we earn the akhirat and when suddenly if our life has to finish off and we have to go to Allah Ta'ala then He is pleased with us. And then we get the real success, the everlasting bounties of Jannat, the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and the everlasting bounties of Jannat, this is the true success. The one who is saved from the fire of Jahannam and is entered into Jannat, that person has passed. So we haven't come here to Madrasa to just pass the exams at the end of the term. Or now the final exams, now we've got to learn very hard for the final exams. We passed the exam on paper, we've passed now. Now we've got a big certificate in our hand, so nobody can tell us anything. We are above everybody else. No, we haven't come primarily to pass that exam. That exam too is a by-the-way exam. We have come to prepare for the real exam. We have come to prepare for the exam in the Qabr. We have come to prepare for the exam on the day of Qiyamah. And these exams could be for somebody at any time. We don't know how long we got left to live. In a moment a person is gone. How often we keep hearing about this. So when this is the reality of life, we have come to learn how to prepare for that everlasting life. And how to pass that main examination. So that requires that we put our full focus on inculcating the correct practices in our life. Staying away from all the haram. Whether it is madrasa, whether it is holiday. Being punctual and diligent in fulfilling all our Ma'amulat, the faraiz, the wajibat, sunnat muakkadat that goes without saying. Together with that, the nawafil, the tasbihat, the zikr, the tilawat, and other righteous deeds, all this is something that we have to be conscious about, embedding this in our lives, becoming more concerned that now this term will end, the year will end, there will be a long period of holiday that will come, I must now develop myself to such a point in this last few weeks that are left of Madrasa for this year that the holidays must not be able to the wind of the holidays must not be able to blow me away anyway the floods of the holidays must not wash me away that whatever I have earned and gained in the Madrasa for the whole year that is all gone that is all blown away no, I have to develop myself in such a way that I need to strengthen my iman, strengthen my akhlaq, strengthen my yaqeen, strengthen my consciousness of Allah wa ta'ala, that whatever temptations may come, whatever distractions may come, 
I can sail past everything without getting caught in anything. That is the focus we should have. We shouldn't be waiting now that when is the next holiday coming and planning what I'm going to do and what, where I'm going to go and what's, how I'm going to pass my time and all the other amusements and distractions and destructions that come as a result of it. No, no, that is a very uh, negative way of looking at things. That is a very lazy outlook. A person who doesn't want to have anything to do with responsibility and this then carries over in later life. Now the person has grown, the person has now married, she has to now take care of the household responsibilities, now she can't manage anything. Everything is too much. Either it is very hot, so you can't do any work, or it is very cold, can't do any work. And if it is dead right, the weather is dead right, I'm feeling sick. So I still can't do any work. i got a headache now. So if the weather is hot, then it's a problem. If it is cold, it's a problem. And if everything else is right, then I'm the problem. So in any case, I can't do anything. Everything is too much for me. And as a result, there are forever then problems in life, there are problems in the home, and one thing after another is just one disaster. So where does this stem from? While there are unfortunately many, many different complications that lead to these kind of problems, but this is also one major kind of problem that comes, one major complication, that we've never had that mindset that I should assume responsibility. I should have a focus towards taking responsibility. If there's a task to be done, then laziness doesn't come in the way. Whatever is meant to be done is done. This laziness creeps in first in deen and then it overflows in dunya as well. Person is lazy to perform the salah on time, now dragging it till the last moment. And now then in a rush manner, the person who does this with deen, then does the same with dunya also. Now with deen we don't see the immediate consequences. But then in dunya also the same thing happens, same kind of attitude carries forward and then as a result it's tumbling from one disaster to the next. Just one thing comes right and then another problem, because that becomes the attitude, we're dragging everything to, and messing up this job and messing up that job and not managing to do that in time and getting delayed here and everything because of laziness. Now laziness has become the norm in a person's life. Everything is judged as not what I can do. One is one focus in life. How much can I do? So now a person has assumed household responsibilities. So now she is all the time looking at how much can I do. So she's married. How much can she do for her family to take the family forward? To please the husband, for example. Or to train the children further. Make their tarbiyat. So what sacrifices are necessary to undertake in that regard doesn't matter. But my child, I will be making an investment in my child. So he'll become a better person. He'll have better akhlaq. He will have better responsibility in his life. But now that mother took that responsibility first. She put that stone on her heart and she uh, undertook what came, whatever sacrifices had to be made, whatever amusements and entertainment had to be sacrificed. But when that happened, when there was that kind of attitude from beforehand, that kind of mindset from beforehand. But now if somebody's mindset is holiday to holiday, 
Now tomorrow she's become a wife, she's living from holiday to holiday, but that doesn't work out like that. Life then doesn't carry on from holiday to holiday. Now she becomes a mother, she's working from holiday to holiday. And now anything that comes a little bit extra now, that becomes a major problem. And then it's disaster. So this laziness creeps in from deen, it spills over into dunya also. So now the person is lazy to make the mamulat on time. That laziness will impact on dunya as well. Today we gave the mamulat up. I'm too lazy now to make my zikr. We'll get lazy to do dunyawi things also. Our meaning, our worldly responsibilities. So it will affect day-to-day life. And a person is diligent in deen. That will give a person that himmat, that courage. Will give a person that strength to fulfill one's worldly responsibilities also. One's day-to-day work also. Now, we were talking about that there's two ways to, two, two outlooks. One is, how much can I do? So now one person looks at everything from that angle. How much can I do? Okay, what more can I do? What else can I do? So there's some elderly person in the home. What can I do now to take care of this person? There's some need, somebody is ill. What can I do to attend to this person? The parents need some khidmat done. What more can I do for them? Our brothers and sisters, how can we assist them? What more can I do? So one is that outlook, starting off at that point, what can I do? And then when that is the outlook, what can I do? That also then progresses. What more can I do? And the other opposite side of it is, what can I avoid? What can I duck away from? So there's something, okay, how can I duck this? That, now the whole mind starts working around that. I think if I don't do this, nobody will notice. I think if I leave this for this time, uh, they'll notice it, but I don't think they'll say anything. So don't worry about it. Let's just, let's try it out. Let's take a chance. Uh, if I don't do this particular thing, or I don't assist in this work, then, uh, you know, it's now, everybody's in a good mood. They're not going to spoil the mood, so they won't tell me anything. So leave it. Or if they tell me anything, i got an excuse for it. Okay, they're going to, now somebody's going to notice, my mother is going to notice this, or somebody's going to tell me, my father's going to tell me this. So, okay, what will be my excuse? What can I say? Now, already the whole mind is going in this negative chakra. What can I not do? What can I not do even more? Now, these are two things that are worlds apart. One is that person who is always thinking, what can I do? And what more can I do? Obviously, everybody has their capacity, has their abilities which differ from one another. But within a person's capacity, within a person's abilities, within a person's capabilities, one is to think positively, what can I do? And what more can I do? Now, when a person has that outlook in life, that person becomes endeared to everybody. The parents are happy, the brothers and sisters are happy with such a person, the grandparents are living in that home, for example, they are happy, or even if they are not living in that same home, they are living elsewhere, but this person is looking all the time, what can I do for my parents, what can my grandmother is not well, okay, the holiday has come, or the weekend is there, this weekend I am going to dedicate to be serving my grandmother, or my grandfather, or whatever, 
oh, okay, there's some uh, occasion in the home, maybe some somebody is now, there's a child born or something now in that home, so now visitors are going to come to visit. This happens, the normal thing. How can I make myself useful now? Okay, it's a weekend, I've been in madrasa the whole week, but now one is that outlook, what can I do? What more can I do? How can I make somebody else's life a little bit easier? How can I make my mother a little bit more relaxed? That okay, I will undertake certain tasks. Uh, it will make it li- uh, life easier for her. But now one is to think in that manner. So the mind is also circling around that. And that takes sometimes some little sacrifices. But when a person sees that I am doing this, others are benefiting out of this, others are getting helped, Allah Ta'ala is getting pleased the person is happy to undertake that. And the other is the negative side of it. What can I not do? And how can I not do something even more? So now the whole mind goes in that negative chakra, turning around in that same, okay, let's see now how we can plan it such a way that now when this work needs to be done, they don't find me. I just vanish into thin air. Then they'll always be thinking, this person got some karamat. When work comes, she just snaps her fingers. You can't find her. She is vanished into thin air. She's a sahibe karamat. But that karamat, the buzurgane deen say, karamat, karomat. That the karamat don't do it. So this vanishing in thin air also, this karamat also don't do it. Remain very visible. Where there's work to be done, remain very visible. Don't do this karamat. This karamat, karomat. But unfortunately, this becomes a situation when the mind starts thinking in that manner. But where does all this mind start thinking in that manner? When we live from holiday to holiday. When our whole focus is only non-work. Work will carry on. We will carry on doing the work. But the mind is on non-work. The mind is how to have a time when there is no work. And all the time only focusing on that. Having some break out of uh, the year now, here and there, to refresh in the mind, all that is in its place, as we mentioned earlier. But the mind shouldn't function in that manner. The mind shouldn't be circling around non-work. The mind should be work, circling around work. In that process, there will be times of non-work also. But that's not the objective, it is not the focus. So, as we now start off this last term, let us understand what is supposed to be our mindset. What is supposed to be our direction. What is supposed to be our focus. Again, the exams would be not far off. That too itself is not our focus. We will work hard. We will try to do the best. But that itself is not our primary focus. Our primary focus is something way beyond that. Our primary focus is how we become the true servants of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and please Him in everything of our life. And that is not restricted to any time and place. It is not restricted to madrasa time or not madrasa time, or in madrasa or out of madrasa, or at home or somewhere else. Wherever we are, and whatever time of the year it is, whether it is holiday or not, we have to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala and earn His pleasure. And we will earn His pleasure when we have brought ourselves entirely in His obedience. We have given up and shun anything and everything that will distract us from his obedience. So this is the thing that we have to remind ourselves of 
We have to focus on and we have to move forward on this note. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. We started off by reciting one ayat of the Quran Sharif, but we spoke nothing on that. The topic that was intended to be brought in was the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الْأَبْرَارَ لَفِي نَعِيمٍ That the abrar, the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala, they will be in the bounties of Jannat. Now who are these abrar? This is the entire subject on its own. We have discussed some parts of it previously, but there are two things that have been mentioned in the tafsir of this ayat. I will just very quickly mention this before we terminate. The one thing, and this tafsir is narrated from Hazrat Hassan Basri Rahmatullah the great tabi of the time. He says that what is the distinguishing qualities of these abrar? One is alladina la yu'udhuna dhar that they don't even give any taklif, any difficulty to an ant. Now, this is the ticket and the passport to Jannat, that a person becomes among the abrar. And a special quality of the abrar is that they don't even give taklif to an ant. Now imagine that they don't give a taklif to an ant, where they'll give taklif to insan, to a human being. And then if that insan is a believer, a mu'min, a mu'mina, where can it be imagined that they will give any difficulty, any pain, any grief, deliberately cause some pain and difficulty to some believer? And then if that believer is a neighbor, that neighbor might be the next door neighbor who lives next door to us. That neighbor might be somebody sitting next to us in class and may not be necessarily sitting next door to us immediately, whether that person is in our class, that's a colleague, that's a neighbor also, and that neighbor is a believer, so now the person who won't give the cleave to an ant, where can we imagine that person will give the cleave to a neighbor who has iman, and then that neighbor who might be, or that person who is a mu'mina, and is also somebody learning deen, who is studying deen, acquiring the knowledge of deen, where now will it be imagined that such a person will give taklif to any person who is acquiring the knowledge of deen, or who is one's parents, one's brothers and sisters, one's immediate family, one's grandparents. Now somebody who wants to become part of the pious, abrar, then this is a distinguishing quality in them, that they don't give taklif even to ants. Where will they give taklif to insan? Where will they plan and plot how to give the cleave to some human being? Where will they plan and plot of how to hurt somebody's feelings? Unfortunately, we have gone so far away from this. One is a true believer, a true mu'min. That person will even undertake some toil. They will uh, cause their sweat to flow. And even if their tears have to flow, so that they can see a smile on somebody else's face. They can see some happiness in somebody else's life. In order to make somebody else happy, even if they have to cry for it, but that will give them better joy and greater joy, that they cried for somebody else's happiness. That is the quality of a mu'min. And we have gone so much on the opposite in order to have a laugh on ourselves, meaning to laugh ourselves, in order to enjoy a hearty, la- hearty laugh, we will even 
do something to make somebody else cry. So that when somebody else is crying, we can have a hearty laugh. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Astaghfirullah. Whatever else a person can read and say in this, in expressing one's utter uh, sorrow on this kind of situation, that too is less. That how far away we have gone from the akhlaq of a mu'min. From the uh, way of life that Rasulullah taught. That here is the direction of a mu'min. That he will undertake whatever it is, some pain on himself, some difficulty. He will shed his sweat. He will shed his tears. But in order to see happiness in somebody else. And unfortunately we are gone so far away. One is that if we can't give somebody else happiness, at least we don't give the next person any taklif. That too is, well, we'll just say just balanced off. It's not the, something that now makes a person anything good. He's just balanced off. Chalo, fair and square, he just balanced off. He didn't give any happiness to somebody, but he didn't give any grief to the person also. He didn't give any pain and taklif to the person. But to go to the other extreme, that in order to have a hearty laugh, to have some fun, we work out how to try and pain the next person, how to give some difficulty to the next person. This has gone below the levels of Allah knows best. Animals also don't do this just for fun. A lion, it attacks another animal because that is how it gains its food. But a lion also doesn't pounce on that buck, on that zebra, on that giraffe or whatever other animal passes its way, the lion also doesn't pounce on it for fun. The lion also doesn't tear that animal up for fun. It tears it up for food because that is the law of the jungle. But insan, insan doesn't live in the jungle and doesn't live by the law of the jungle. But the point is that even that animal that lives in the jungle and lives by the law of the jungle, the law of the jungle also is that nobody pounces on another animal just for fun. But insan drops to such a low ebb that insan gives taklif sometimes to others just for fun. So where is this insan's insaniyat? Where is this humanity in this human being? So we need to bring these qualities. This was the first aspect of the tafsir. And the second part of the tafsir, he said, وَلَا يَرْضَوْنَ shar." That this mu'min is not happy with shar. He's not happy with evil, any kind of evil. This mu'min, he cannot bear even seeing somebody else involved in sin. It gives him pain to see somebody else involved in some haram. Maybe it's not in his capacity to do something about it because he's not in the capacity to stop the person. That person uh, won't listen to him or might create some difficulty for him or might whatever create a bigger problem. But he feels hurt, he feels pain that this person is committing some haram, doing something wrong. The least he will do at that time is make dua for that person. Ya Allah, give this person the tawfiq to give up this wrong. Ya Allah, give this person the tawfiq to stop this chatting. Give this person the tawfiq to stop looking at the haram sites. Give this person the tawfiq to give up all the other haram, the, the, uh, listening to the haram. So the least that a person will do when he sees somebody, no matter who it might be, it might be some disbeliever doing something wrong, he'll make dua, Allah, give this person iman and save this person from this haram. To just pass by like that and say, well, khair, I'm not doing it 
and this person is doing whatever it is, that too is not the sign of a person that has strong Iman. The sign of strength of Iman is that a person is hurt to see wrong being done. And the least that the person can do at that time is make dua, Ya Allah, remove this, this wrong from the situation. Give this person the tawfiq and the hidayat to stop doing this wrong. That is the least. So, this is the quality of the abrar. The quality of those who will go to jannat. We need to develop this quality. We need to therefore focus on work, not on non-work. We need to focus on how to become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala for all times. Not just for the sake of madrasa, for the sake of our muallimas, or for the sake of our parents. No, no, no. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Our muallimas are not going to be watching what we're doing all the time. Neither can one's parents be watching what one is doing all the time. But Allah Ta'ala knows everything about one all the time. May Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala give me and give all of us a tawfiq to inculcate these great aspects in our life. Make us the true servants of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه جمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين